that most of us at some point during our week uh, look on the internet and there have been some just startling photos of refugees just some things that we should know uh, the civil war in Syria and then the rise of ISIS uh, has created the worst humanitarian disaster of our time I want you to think about people forget about the politics think about people we're talking about people we're talking about people created in the image of God doesn't matter what their nationality is doesn't matter what their religion is they're people right now this is the worst refugee crisis since World War II there are more than 11 million people displaced and this is the one that just grips my heart half of the 11 million, that would be 5.5 million, are under the age of 18. Our kids are really safe right now. There's a bunch of kids on the planet right now that aren't. And so, as the just this 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 father's face in this I mean this is probably the only photo that was appropriate look at his face dads dads what would you do some people asked some of the Syrian refugees why did why did you leave and they said well, we were already dead where we were we're already dead where we were, so why wouldn't we risk finding life on the seas, getting to Europe? Good gracious. So, the, the question is, Jesus, Jesus, what do you want to do through us? Jesus, what do you want to do through us? We want him to answer that question. We don't want to ignore this crisis that's happening. And we sure don't want to get caught up in the politics of it. Jesus, what do you want? What do you want to do through us? And man, I wish that was the cry of the church across the globe. Jesus, what do you want to do through us? We're just, we're just here, sir. What do you want to do? So could we just take a moment and just, you know, maybe two or three of us just vocalize the prayers that may be bubbling up within us? Let's just take a moment. So Jesus, do through us. Do through us what you want. Thank you. As I said earlier, I want to uh, continue just to kind of seed us uh, for uh, the fall season. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, it is, I think that garden thing is sticking with me because Amber and Katie have, have pledged to help me do a garden in our, you know, at our house. We're going to put the fence up tomorrow and wait for the cool weather to come. So I'm thinking about planting. So I, wanna, I just want to seed some of the vineyard values and beliefs into our community as we begin this uh, this fall season. Back in uh, July of this, this year, 2015, 
several of us went to Columbus, Ohio for the Vineyard International Conference. And we, River City Vineyard Community Church, uh, we are part of a movement of churches. Uh, we're part of 2,400 plus churches across the world, 60 different nations. And uh, this particular Vineyard National Conference was actually an international conference. So of the 4,000 people that were there, I think around uh, 300 or so were all international. So uh, about 10%, I guess, of the conference was, was international, which was really great. And the Vineyard is, was just this great diversity of people from different nations, different languages, different colors, different dress, different food, all that diversity of culture coming together with some common core values and beliefs. Uh, and in that diversity, anybody notice anybody? Can you see this? Can you, you can't really see with clarity. But you know, if you squinted, like if you squinted really good, could you, can you tell who that is? Who, who is that? That's Noel. That's Kate. They're, they're like speaking to the whole conference of 4,000 people. No, you know, no one took me up on my Where's Waldo question. So I had to bring it down. So I am very delinquent. Just things happen, you know. But I would like for uh, Susan and uh, Noel and Marianne just to come bring us just a, just a quick snip of what, what's their takeaway. They're, they're, you know, they're, there are 4,000 people there, but these are the people that I was like with and most interested. And I'd like you to hear from them. It's not going to be long enough for them to tell you, but... They're going to give just a little flavor of what it was like uh, at the conference. I would like, since we do a podcast, let's include, please, on the podcast, what they have to say. It would be easier to do it this way. So, Susan, if you'll come here, if you'll start, and then we'll have Noel, and then we'll have Mary.
between us was really strong, and we just met each other, and we're just very different people. But um, with Jesus, we were like, you know, really close and family. And when we, you know, got through praying for each other, we just hugged each other. It was like we each prayed things for the other that were just right on, and we didn't talk about what those were or anything. And it was just a really special moment, and I usually don't like, you know, things like that. Turn to your neighbor and meet them and pray for them and them for you. And so, but it was just a really, that was the highlight for me, really, was that time. Um, I think his name was John. And it was probably 10 minutes, and it just was really great. So, I'll let the others tell about Noel? some of the other things that I might have. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> Uh, man, it was just a really great week. Uh, Kate and I we went up there. We'd never been to something vineyard-related like this. We didn't really have a lot of expectations. We didn't know what to expect. And, um, and everything just blew us out of the water. We were just, uh, we just left so encouraged. Um, and, and, yeah, it was just a really incredible week. Two things that really spoke to Kate and I, um, continuing on this diversity train, um, is the idea that um, the body of Christ is not an either-or movement, but a both-and movement. So, um, so naturally, we as humans, and our cult, especially Western culture, we love, we value um, putting up walls. We value privacy, security. Um, we value clear distinctions between this group and this group. That's just something that our culture, um, that we were born into, values. But the kingdom of God isn't an either-or, it's a both-and so we are both living in the now and in the age to come. Um, we are <clears throat> we are both um, orthodox and um, contextual. We are um, we are both different. Us and our brothers are different, and we're unity. We value both unity and diversity in the body of Christ, um, and that's something that was really powerful to us. So. Um, so something, kind of one message that was overarching that just really, um, just really spoke to me was this idea that, um, like, we really need each other. Um, one of my favorite, um, I guess, sayings of Jesus throughout all of the Gospels and uh, for many different reasons throughout my life, um, but, but is, is the fact that um, Jesus tells, um, you know, those who are your, you know, who is my mother, who are my brothers, you know, it's those of us who are doing the will of God as my mother and my brothers. And so we are we're literally, in, in Jesus, we are as close as blood family. We are blood family. We are the new family of God. And so we need each other. So Lisa needs Matt, and Matt needs Mike, and we need each other. This church needs the Episcopal Church down the road, and the Episcopal Church needs the African American Church up in Austin. And we need each other. And in, in our diversity, we are united. Um, and, and something that we uh, just really struggle to do in America is kind of break down those walls and realize that we need um, each other. We, we, we can be diverse and, and, and united together. So that was something really powerful um, that just spoke to me is, is how much um, how much the church needs each other. You know, and there's also this, and then the second thing was there is this um, a really beautiful um, kind of thread of humility that, that, that just was woven through the entire conference. Um, I was a little nervous going in that maybe this was going to be like a rah-rah, like vineyard is the best expression of church kind of thing, and it really wasn't like that. As a matter of fact, there were many times spoken from many different people, from leaders on the stage to people I was talking with at lunch, talking about how um, this this fabric in the 
body of Christ, this vineyard thread, um, is just one of many, many, many threads in the global body. Um, and, and, and we can't we can't think that we're, you know, God's chosen thread of church expression. We're just one of many expressions of church. And so how can we um, continue to be faithful in that expression, but how can we also love and empower and show that we need all of these other expressions of the body of Christ? Because we all need each other, right? This thread is a beautiful thread for us. And for Kate and I, we love this expression. It just resonates deep within our soul. But, um, but we need the Catholics, we need the Greek Orthodox, we need the Presbyterians, we need um, the non-denominations. We, need, we all need to come together. Um, and that was just something that was really beautiful to me. Thank you, Noel. Marianne. Okay. I'm going to piggyback off something Noel said. Um, the, the whole thing about humility, there were two things that really struck me. But the first thing was the, the way that it was ordered was like in the morning there were two speakers, one that followed after the other. And one morning, um, a guy who was scheduled to speak from Costa Rica or someplace wasn't able to be there because his wife had, was ill. And so another guy took his place, and he was uh, an African-American pastor from the Columbus Vineyard. And like, like, somebody, like Susan said, it was right after the Charleston thing had happened, and he preached this sermon about a church without walls. And it was just, it was it was just hard. I mean, it was just amazing. You know, it was the kind of thing you're just undone by the whole thing. And after he spoke, um, there was this kind of a wave of reconciliation that just swept over the, the congregation. It was like, um, you know, the the the, the uh, uh, North American white community was apologizing to the African Americans, and the Latin Americans were apologizing to them. I mean, it's the whole thing. And the whole thing was, and, and what I loved about this was that the next guy that was scheduled to speak, I mean, he'd been planning to speak, you know, obviously for months, and he came up and he said, look, he said, God's obviously at work here, and what I've prepared is not important, so let's just stay here, let's just kind of hold what we've got, and, and so he was just like, back off completely, it was just so amazing to see um, that kind of humility for this guy just to back off and let the Lord do what he was doing because it was it was an amazing awesome thing and the, the other thing that really struck me is I've been coming to this church I couldn't even tell you how many years we've been coming here but you know I love the church and I love uh, feeling a part, I feel a part of the church and I just love this church and the things that I love about this church I just thought were things I loved about the church and when I went to this conference it's like the first the first evening um, Eleanor Mumford, who is one of the uh, British leaders of the Vineyard Movement, was speaking about the distinctives of the Vineyard Church, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So the things that I love about this church are the things that make this church part of the Vineyard. It's a bigger thing than what we're part of here. You know, I just thought, well, I love, I love Scott and Susan. I love, you know, the things. That, I love the teaching about being a, a kingdom people. That's hugely important to me. That's a vineyard value. That's, I know you're going to get into this, so I'm not going to go through all of this stuff. But um, anybody can play. The idea that everybody can do stuff. You know, it's not just an elect few that get to be a part of what God's doing. But it's everybody can, can be a part of that. And then the whole idea about intimate worship, which is so huge to me. I just want to read you a quote from what she said. She said, we're just who we are. We're not cutting edge. That's so arrogant. We're just ordinary people to whom God has entrusted something incredibly precious. 
We love Jesus and we want to sing his song. And if there's anyone who wants to join us, they're welcome to the whole thing. I just love that. I mean, isn't that a great, great um, picture of really what God's doing? And, you know, she stood up and she talked about this stuff, and she's so passionate, and her voice started quivering, and I can so identify with that, you know? So I just loved the fact that all of these things that they talked about and all of the, everything that we heard, we could have heard in this church, so it's bigger than us. It's bigger than just this, this group, so. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thanks. That's, I know that's sacrificial to ask you to be so brief with so much. But thanks. So <clears throat> we are part of something bigger. And in some ways, there's this DNA uh, within our... I mean, I, the chief, Eleanor uses our word ordinary. Well, I didn't call Eleanor to ask, could I use that word ordinary? And she didn't call me. It just comes out. Just these, these expressions. So here's the way it is said on our, our website. Uh, we are a people. That's real. Notice it doesn't say we are the people. As Noel said, we are a people of the kingdom of God who partner with the Holy Spirit, experience and worship God, reconcile people with God and all creation, engage in compassionate ministry, pursue culturally relevant mission in the world. This is who we are. There are five core values that we... These are. I'm sorry you can't read that, but I'm going to read it to you. These are things that... Of the 2,400 plus churches, we all share these core values together. There'd be a, we would weigh them differently at different seasons, but but we are a value-drawn movement. I'm going to explain that in a moment. And these are the core values that we all share together. And in some ways, again, it's not like we met together and decided. They just kind of came out of our life. And so, again, this DNA of who we are. Number one, the theology and practice of the kingdom of God. When the vineyard talks about the kingdom, we're talking about the kingdom of God as a dynamic reality that is the full reign of God breaking into the present through the life and ministry of Jesus. So uh, maybe a simple way to say that is our world has been in rebellion against God. That's obvious. Our, in some ways, our world remains in rebellion against God. But God, our creator, decided to do something about it. And he said, you know, they're not going to take care of the problem themselves. I've given them a covenant. I've given them lots of years. It's not happening. So I need to send my most precious son into the rebellion to deal with it. And that's what he did. And so what Jesus began in his life and his ministry is the breaking in of God's preferred future for us, breaking into the present so that we begin to live something better because of what Jesus modeled, what Jesus accomplished. That's the kingdom in a short way. That's the kingdom of God breaking into the, in the moment. And it's, it's awesome. We also experience God no apology about it. God is eager to be known and experienced by all. We believe that God is searching for the lost humanity in order to draw us into intimate relationship with himself. So we really hope, like when we gather together and we sing, we're singing these songs to God, 
we're, you know, we're hoping that your heart flutters. And we're hoping that you're hearing Jesus speak to you. That, that's what we hope for. We, we want to experience relationship with a living God. We don't poo-poo that. We don't think that that's not important. Again, it's a, we're both and. Do I, do I hope you're reading the Bible? Yeah, I hope you read the Bible. But I hope you hear, experience the voice of the author when you're reading it. If it's just these pages, what good is that? I mean, I, I, I watched the clouds this morning in my backyard. It's like this brilliance. This, like, like they were the tops of them were illuminated. I'm, have, I'm painting that very good. But I, I just broke into tears. I said, God, you created this. And if this is so beautiful, how beautiful are you? I can't even comprehend. And I, and I had this emotive moment. Well, we ought to have that. He's inviting us to experience him. You know, in your backyard, but also together. That's great. Culturally relevant mission. That, that doesn't mean that we're the cool church. It means that the church exists for the sake of those who are exiled for God. We actually exist for people who are not here yet. Because we know that God so desperately wants people to come into relationship with him. We want to be relevant to people where they are. So that door is open to anybody. As Rich Nathan said so well, anybody that we love anybody that walks in our door. And we welcome anybody that walks in our door. Because we're part of God's mission to communicate his love to everybody, regardless of where they are when they walk through that door. I mean, I've been changed by walking through that door. I want to, I want to extend that same grace, mercy. Come on in. Reconciling community. Again, see, they, they go together. We seek to be a diverse community of hope. 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 that realize the power of the cross to reconcile that which has been separated by rebellion, sin. This requires us to move beyond our personal biases to engage those who are perceived to be unlike us and to actively break down barriers of race, culture, gender, social, class, and compassionate ministry. In all forms of ministry, compassion is a hallmark of the one who was moved with compassion in the face of human need. Now those core values shape what we do. I just want to I want to like I want to direct us from value to practice. So as we just finished up are, are reading through and participation in the journey of Acts. And, and the theme of that is the, the proclamation, the announcement of the king, the, the kingdom and the resurrection. 
And so because that, that because we value the, the theology and the practice of the kingdom, then, then I'm going to say, you know, that needs to be reflected in our practice. One of the ways is in the prayer. In the life and ministry of Jesus, Jesus said, well, I've got this prayer that y'all can pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Another thing was about kids, blessing kids. So this morning, just quickly, a reminder about prayer. Next week will be about kids. Okay? When we say, let your kingdom come, what we're asking is we're saying, in the present moment, in this moment, in this day, right now, influence us. Whether we're at home, whether we're in the school, whether we're at work, whether we're at play, everywhere we go, influence us with your rule. We want you to be in charge of us wherever we are and wherever we, we are. We want you to be in charge. So the way I, like, I love to, it's, you know, when we've all walked into places and we go, man, this is a crazy place. Or we walk in places, oh, this is a dark place. Well, before we turn and run, we need to say, but let your kingdom come. Come into this place of chaos and bring your order. Come into this place of darkness with your light. And then we may need to exit. But before we exit, this is the prayer we get to pray. It's an awesome prayer. And then attached to that is establish your rule among us. Now, I, I pictured Jesus sitting right by, by Adam because that's the middle of the room. Jesus, I want you to establish. I want you to establish your rule as it is in heaven right now, right here. I want you to be in charge of us as we gather. You be in charge. I don't want to be in charge. I don't do a very good job when I'm in charge. You be in charge. And let your will be done on earth. It's another way to say it, and I just I want you to say it with me in a moment. Jesus, do through us what you want to do on the earth today. That's, those are the nuances of these verbs that Jesus used to teach. Jesus, do what you want. It's not you and I. Okay, this is what Jesus wants. Let's ask Jesus to bless what we want. No! Now, we might come up with some good stuff, but who's in charge of that? I am. You are. He's not the king anymore. Jesus, do through us what you want. And it's always going to be more than what we think we can do. Jesus, do through us what you want to do on this earth today. Not pie in the sky. It's not about later. It's not about heaven. It's about now. Heaven's breaking in, my friends. The rule of God has invaded the present. Because we weren't making it. Jesus, do through us what you want to do. Could that become, could you all write that down? Could you all begin to pray that? Could you all begin to share that with every follower of Jesus across the globe? Because I think if the church across the globe, every true believer said that prayer every day, I believe we would be making progress towards the finale. And I think we are meant to. I don't think Jesus showed up just to say, okay, 
let me just tell you all this good stuff. Let me, let me paint this wonderful picture of what it's going to be like. And then, you know, I'm going to leave, and y'all are just going to be stuck in the mess until I come back. But just good luck. Good luck with that. You know what? You know, to, I mean, this sounds really crude, but you know what I would do if that was the way it was? You might as well just kill yourself because then you could be in heaven. I mean, you don't think he gave us a reason to be here? You don't think he gave us a reason to make things better here? Come on. Our faith would be totally irrelevant if we didn't make a difference in our generation. Right? Am I crazy? Please, don't tell, don't tell me I'm crazy. I'm reading, I'm, I mean, aren't I reading the book right? Isn't that what he's saying? Jesus, do through us what you want to do. Whatever you want to do, here we just surrender. You're the king, we're not. Then Jesus, just this theology and practice of the kingdom, he has lots to say about kids. We're, you know, we're, again, the season of taking care of our kids. I'm telling you, once and for all, then unless you return to square one and start over like children, you'll not even, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom. And you're not going to get in. So we really ought to take a look at Jesus and the kingdom and kids. That's what we're going to do next week. Now we talk about the value of being a reconciling community. We seek to be a diverse community of hope that realize the power of the cross to reconcile that which is separated by sin, by rebellion. That's why we send these two crazy kids. We're just living, we're living out our, do you get it? We're living out, we value reconciliation so much that we're going to risk Amber, Katie, Matt by sending them to a war zone. Easy, right? We, that's, we value this. That's, we're going to sacrifice, what we value, we're going to sacrifice so we can practice it. These two, plus Matt, they sacrificed to go to Israel and Palestine. Now, we, we, we helped, but they sacrificed more than any of us. Why? Israel, isn't that cool? because of this value. They value being part of a reconciling community. And they went to see enemies reconciled in the name of Jesus. And they want to go back again and again and again because they want it to happen. They want to be part of the solution. That's why we support Kathy in this strange place called Luton. Luton? I live in Luton. The reconciliation walk continues. That's why Salim, why are we having Salim? We're having a Palestinian Christian come visit us in South Texas. How many churches in South Texas do you think has ever hosted a Palestinian Christian? Well, why are we doing, are we doing that? Because like we're trying to be vogue, cutting edge. Being, that would be like stupid. 
Why? Why, why, do I, why? why does this keep coming up? Because we value reconciliation and these people are gifts to us. Salim's going to come in September. Jack Sarah is going to come in October. Why have we had more visits from Palestinian Christians than anybody else on the planet? Do you all invite, I'm calling like the Palestinian territory. Hey, anybody over there in Palestine want to come over here to Texas? You know, you think I'm just sending out invitations? Or do you think maybe because we value this, the Holy Spirit knows that he keeps sending us people? Wow! Jesus, do what you want to do through us, even if it means, golly. We're going to have people that are very misunderstood by the church come visit us on a regular basis. Why do we keep, we want, like we want everybody in our community to go on a journey of understanding with Stephen Mary Ann. Why do we want that? I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars. Why would we want that? Reconciliation. <laughs> we believe the value of reconciliation drives us to practice things. Does that make sense? We're just living out our values. Now, as we live out those values, I'm going to stop there just with those two. We're, we're, we have a philosophy that I think is really, it's really important to understand. We're being, we're being drawn towards these values, these five core values, and as we're drawn to them, we're inviting others to come with us. And I love, again, sorry that you can't see the visual as well. It's just, it's just the Kleenex. It's just the napkin with a dark circle that says center set. These are our values. There's a hard core. The center of who, that's not, God's given that to us. We, we, we believe that's precious. We don't mess with that. Our values, our beliefs are at the center. And, and we're the arrows. We're, we're just saying, when we walk to the door, well, we're kind of drawn towards that. And some of us are real close. That's Rand. He's real close. Okay? Right? Steve is way out here. And all we're saying as a community is if you want to come with us and you're being drawn toward these values and these beliefs, come along with us. We're not what's called a bounded set. What a bounded set is, is, if you go to the next slide, a bounded set takes the beliefs and the values that are in the core and makes a hard boundary. And we, we're, we watch, we're standing at the door. Do you value this? No, I don't. Well, then you can't come in. Do you believe this? No. Well, then you can't come in. A bounded set controls who is in and who is out. And man, it is to my great grief that I tell you that the majority of churches in America operate like that. And that is a disservice to our Lord Jesus Christ and to the good news that he's brought to our world. It, this is what turns people away from the church. I cannot tell you the number of people that say to me, man, it's so great to come to the, the vineyard because I'm not judged. I don't walk in and feel the spirit of condemnation that I'm, I'm less than what I should be. Oh, God. That's why Jesus came to free us from that. 
So all of this is to say, my friends, welcome to the Vineyard Global family. Welcome to a movement that has these family values. We are a people of the kingdom of God who partner with the Holy Spirit, experience and worship God, reconcile people with God in all creation, engage in compassionate ministry, and pursue culturally relevant mission. Want to stand with me? Holy Spirit, I believe that all of us look for a place to belong. All of us look for a place where we connect. All of us look for a place where we, where we find purpose and where we can live out doing things that are that are meaningful. And I thank you that you've given to us as a community of people this, this Vineyard Global family. What I ask, Holy Spirit, what I ask that you would do in each one of our hearts. I, mean, I, can't, I can't create the DNA of the Vineyard in, in any of us. I can just call forth, Holy Spirit, if you have placed this DNA in us, I ask that we would embrace it. I ask that you would stabilize our identity. Again, like Noel said so well, you know, we're not better than anybody. We're just part of the fabric of the body of Christ on the globe. But Holy Spirit, I do believe it's important that each of us know where we are in that tapestry. And I thank you that you, you've given Susan and I through the years the opportunity to know this is our family. This is what you've done within us, and this is who you've united us with. And so we thank you. And I just ask that you give that same gift to the community that I serve. Let us know where our family is, what our DNA is, what we value, what we practice. Make a connection for whatever that connection is. And finally, Lord, I pray. I pray for the thousands of people that are not here with us. That, Lord, we could be part of extending your great love, forgiveness, and invitation to the throngs and throngs of people around us. And whether they join us in this room, that's not the point. The point is that they're joined to you. If they come to know you, they become part of your body. So empower us, Holy Spirit. Empower us to be witnesses of our King, witnesses of the kingdom come and coming, witnesses of life, the resurrected life of Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, friends.